What's up, everybody? Hope you're having a good week. Welcome to another episode of the Brown Petri Dish. Uh, today on the podcast, we have an episode that we recorded three weeks ago. Um, so some of it might be out of date, but I do remember it being a good episode. Don't remember what the fuck's on it. But, um, yeah, we're going to try not to record that far ahead of time anymore, but um, don't know what we're doing next week. We will have an episode. Um but the weeks after that, uh, we're probably going to have some episodes from the Comedy House, which um, is something I'm doing. I don't know if I explained it on this episode or if I explained it before on the podcast, but uh, I got a house in Tremont on Airbnb, and uh, there's going to be four different comics from four different comedy scenes staying with me for the week for the Cleveland Comedy Festival. So it should be a lot of fun. We should have a lot of stories. And uh, yeah. So we'll talk about that in the next couple weeks. Get to the Cleveland Comedy Festival, guys. It is honestly one of the most fun times you'll have um, this year. It was last year. It was incredible. Uh, I hung out basically the whole week, and I uh, wasn't even on the festival. I was just hanging out. I got to do a couple sets. But uh, this year I am on the festival quite a bit, uh, Wednesday and Friday. Uh, Wednesday happy hour show, uh, Wednesday all saints show or not all saints show, and then Friday I'm on the main stage, uh, the Blair Sochi show, and then uh, I'm roasting Carter Doherty for the roast battle at 11 o'clock, so just come out to the festival, come to any of the shows, uh, Saturday's gonna be a fun day, they're doing podcasts all day, and then they have Ian Finance that night, um, the best of fest show. But Friday is going to be my favorite night because I love the roast battles. I think they're one of my favorite things that we do in Cleveland because uh, Kyle and all the people, Tabitha, uh, Jeremy, and Chris, they they all do a great job of running those roast battles, and they're some of the most fun events in Cleveland comedy. And uh, it's something you look back on and think of it as a good time. So come out to those. You'll love it. And I hope you guys have a good week. Oh, get tickets at ClevelandComedyFestival.com. I mean, that's pretty obvious, though. All right. Later, guys. should start asking questions as far as how to actually operate a computer <laughs> i uh, i was right. born and computers were already a thing yeah yeah i uh i don't know much more than you do but i did grow up uh with the evolution of computers i guess uh we started whenever i was in fucking uh elementary school i remember we had like the original like mac computers like uh the very first one like mac one no i don't think it was the very first one um it was like the first ones that they mass produced for schools basically okay so i want to say it was like the i want to say it was like the macintosh 2 or some something like that 
they were still adding the Tosh to the name. That's how old it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh fucking uh yeah, nobody says Macintosh anymore, huh? No. Not they kinda they kinda sit away with that. Not since like the nineties, I think. Yeah. I mean I I don't even say it and I grew up with it. Uh that's what I'm saying, man. That's how old that yeah. computer was apparently. Macintosh to I don't know. Is it? It's crazy to think of a time where computers were heavy. Like that's pretty weird. Yeah, that was a legit ass thing. Like there were computer monitors were like heavier than some TVs were at one point. Yeah, so you can get one. Um, uh, the fifty two sixty looks like the one we used to use. It is. Uh, it looks like that. Okay, yeah, that's not really that different from the ones that we had. Yeah. So, so uh, I mean, there was a clearly there was a point in overlap with with computers where they hit a phase and just didn't really change much for a long time. Yeah, um, basically, you could do on those. You could basically, you could basically do like uh, they had some like math games, and then they had. Uh, uh, they had a math game that involved Mario somehow. I don't remember what it was. What? Um, That's nuts. Yeah. There was a math game involving Mario, and then um, we played Oregon Trail a lot. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. As much as everybody a makes lot. it out to be like that Oregon Trail was on every single computer on the planet, it's because it was. It's exactly what happened. I don't know how that game was everywhere. But damn, I loved that game. I've been yeah, trying to find like an Oregon Trail app or something <laughs> like that, but they just don't have it for some reason. Yeah, we I I know that like that's a weird thing to me is that there's no educational value to that game. Um, that's a good point too. But we played it a lot in school in elementary hey. school. Like it was like computer class was like. Uh, no, it wasn't Mario was something else. It wasn't, but Mario was on the computer. I remember that because we used to play it every once in a while, but there was this game that involved, uh, space, almost like a androids type game, um, to where you had to like, you had to like do math problems and it would like shoot the asteroids when you, yeah, we had that too. We had that for, for <laughs> math and typing. If you, yeah. you would have to like type the word and it would blow up that asteroid before it would blow up your little town. Yeah. We had this other one too where there was uh it was called like Jazz Cats or something like that. And it was these really like jazzy, cool cats. And they hung out in this weird alleyway and you would have to do math problems. And I don't know if they just dug it or what the deal was, but that was the <laughs> gig was that yeah. the cats like played saxophone and stuff, and you would do math, I guess, for that. Yeah. Weird. I wonder if they still have like educational shows that teachers use to get out of teaching, like what they did whenever I was a kid. Like, dude, they have to. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of them are educational now. Like, if you really think yeah. about it, like I feel like anytime our teacher didn't feel like teaching, she would just throw on Reading Rainbow, and that was, and we would just watch Reading Rainbow. Yeah, we always got a <laughs> kick out of the intro, but never like what was after that. <laughs> was I, mean, they had some, I don't remember the shows, but I, I think they were pretty cool. I remember them going to like, I remember distinctly because it was like second grade. I remember him going to the fish market in Seattle. I remember that like pretty distinctively. Like that was, 
an episode of Reading Rainbow that stuck out in my mind for some reason. I can remember all the crewnecks that they had. Like, boy, was there a lot of crewnecks in Reading Rainbow. It's weird. Uh, it's weird how you have like certain things that you remember from when you were a kid. Like it is. It, it triggers is so things. odd. Yeah, it's so never thought about for years. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And like all of the people, you start to realize. You start to realize when you. I think when you get into your like mid 20s is the first time you start to really think about it and think about like all the people you've forgotten <laughs> in your oh, life yeah. like the like from elementary school middle school and shit like that just that like for some reason they might remember you if they ran into you and you have no clue who they are and you feel like a piece of shit but what's it's got to be way crazier for the people that didn't have like social media and shit like that when they got to this point and they were like oh my god think of all these people i've forgotten as we talk about them we're like oh man i forgot all about this person you could like yeah. text that person right now yeah kind of but uh It'd be i don't weird. know it it is it is different though this thing just fell off so i'm just gonna hold it um <laughs> no it is uh it is kind of like that to an extent but like you think about it like i was i'm not trying to i'm not trying to brag it was fucking elementary school but i was one of the most popular kids in my elementary school like everybody liked me he and, was just slaying the punani well, was ridiculous me me and uh chuck who i've showed you before my buddy uh that has like millions of views on tiktok for shit like we we were like the class clowns and and uh everybody liked us and and it's crazy i had so many people that i like thought of as really good friends back in those days in elementary school middle school and shit and like i maybe have like four of them on my facebook and shit i mean <laughs> There might be more than that, but there's only like three that I talk to ever, you know, like right that, that I would even know are on there, you know, like it's it's crazy. I don't know. I've I've kind of like uh, backed off of. I basically just use Facebook for the messenger now. Like I don't really spend much time on Facebook anymore because it's just not as valuable as the other social media apps. I guess to me, I don't know. I'm it's, the opposite, if anything. I, I, yeah. Facebook's the one I probably spend the most time on. I mean, for the most part, it feels like we're watching the same shit on three different apps. Yeah, but it's just weird. To me. Like, you hear, like, the younger generations, like, people people your age and younger, like, they don't really go on Facebook. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's... it's I'm like kind of an old man. Instagram and TikTok, like, that's what they use. And it's in Twitter. I can't, I don't know about you, man. I I just don't go through TikTok. Like I, looking at TikToks, I just don't do it. Yeah. Unless someone like sends one to me, maybe, but that's about it. Yeah. I don't like I don't sit there and TikTok. scroll through it either. No. I can't. I don't know what it is. It's just, a lot of them are really dumb. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's created just for like instant gratification. I'm just not, I'm not that guy. I'd say I find myself scrolling more through Instagram Reels than anything because I would agree. I, I, mean, I don't really, minor. I don't really scroll through them, but like I watch more of those than I do TikToks. I mean, mine are like typically now pretty much all comedy related. So yeah, it's been that way for a long time. 
even uh even my girlfriend's like news feeds and shit she's always telling me are just all comedians just by proxy yeah yeah i don't know what it is about doing comedy but your social medias just get taken over by other comedians yeah i mean because the majority of your friends are comedians you know yeah and they know other comedians and so that's who you get suggested yeah um but yeah, man, it it just I've just been thinking about that shit a lot lately because, you know, um uh starting to think about people in the scene like moving on and doing other shit and yeah. or um I still hit up I still hit up uh Christian Clink every now and then to see how he's doing. Yeah, he's uh I always <laughs> try to check in with him, man. He disappears from time to time, but he was yeah. he's such a good person. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's good. And dude. every time he good. comes back, like he disappears for months and then just comes back better. Yeah, and like, I don't know. Man. Yeah, I don't know how he how he does that. Um, <laughs> but every time he's done it, it's the happened. Uh, it almost makes you think, like, do I not need to be doing this? What I'm what I'm doing right now? I've taken like, it that way, though, man. Like, there's been <laughs> there's been weeks where I've like not really gone out and done a bunch of mics and shit like that. Like, I get the the fear of missing out. But like when I come back to it, I don't feel like the rust. I don't. I don't feel like. No, me neither. And for me, it's hard now when I have new shit that I need to work. It's hard for me to like motivate myself to actually get out and do it. Yeah, because you're always like, it's probably fine. Well, that you know, like, and and the I know it's not there yet, but it's like it's also like, uh, is this mic gonna have a crowd for me to work this shit? Like. If I get a burnt pickle tonight and there's nobody there, I'm probably just going to be like, I'm just going to take off. <laughs> and like, I don't. Yeah. I don't need to do you. it for no people. Like, that's a waste of my time. I hate feeling so egotistical about it because I like for a long time, I was one of those people. I was like, well, you, you got to do the empty mics because that's what forges your character and whatever fucking nonsense. And I mean, yeah, maybe early on. That's yeah, the case. You've already got, yeah, you've already got that now. You don't. Yeah, I, I don't need the character forge, and I need the joke forge, and, and I'm I can't really do that if there's no crowd here to forge my joke. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it pisses me off because I, I got I got I got to work. I worked this joke for the second time on Sunday, and right after I got off stage, I remembered one thing that I forgot to say. And then I remembered one thing that I should have said. And I was like, God damn it. Comes and to the territory. To rewrite it. And then I just have to wait until next time I can try it out. That's what it, it, That's what sucks about um, writing longer bits. Because this bit is like, I think it's like a four minute bit. And it just, it, it's going to take a while to work out. And, it, and I, I feel like I don't have that much time to work it out. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> Not when like. I mean, look at tonight with uh, with Judds. Did you hear about what how they're doing Judds tonight? No. Uh, because it's roughly the time of the Guardians game, and they don't know how long that's going to go. They're they're starting late. It's going to be a booked show. Um, I can't remember. I think it's going to be eight booked comics, and then they're going to have like a minute lightning round where everybody just shows up and does a minute, and they're jumping through all these fucking hoops, and I'm just trying to figure out like. Why would I leave my apartment to go do a minute of stand up? I just yeah, can't. What are you talking about? Like, I'm yeah, a, a minute, 
and trust me, I have I could probably do three jokes in a minute. Yeah. But like, good God, why would I want to? Yeah, I don't I don't know. That's crazy. I am uh the writing roast jokes though has like helped my like short joke structure out a little Tremendous, bit. Tremendous, man. It's really good for that. But I also know when I write a shorter joke that it's not gonna be a shorter joke. Like I know I'm gonna start with a one liner and I'm gonna expand from there. Like it's yep. it's just my nature. Um Yeah. Like I, I wrote this joke on Twitter tonight. <laughs> So the lady in front of me in traffic had a sticker on her Jeep that said, my dog's a Democrat and I don't buy it. I've never seen, I've never seen a dog that cares about consent. <laughs> and, and I know there's so much more for me to go off of that. And I'm probably going to, that's how a lot of my, like the past couple big bits that I've had have started were from a tweet. That's why I'm like, damn, maybe I should have been tweeting all along like i <laughs> honestly it's like it's ray davida my... told me too like, <laughs> it helps it is just straight up just throwing yeah. shit at the wall and seeing if it sticks i uh i might put a joke of the day was um I, I was on facebook and i saw someone that said like the vaccinated aren't dying and it was like some real morbid picture i was like yeah nobody really brings that up about how like all these people were like yeah you're gonna get that vaccine it's gonna kill you so i tweeted Day 530 of vaccinated life. This autism thing isn't so bad. Just wish I could stop counting days. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, days dude. It, clearly still alive. <laughs> that is funny. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That, that shit. <sighs> I think it, it is like kind of, uh, it is kind of like the pandemic just ended all of a sudden, though. And we all just kind of like forgot about it. Like, yeah, well, dude, like, my work, like, did away with all of the COVID precautions last week. Like, just everything. Just in a finger gone. snap. They, they took oh, down God. all the barriers. They took down all the barriers. Um, I think next, I think in, like, a couple of weeks, we start clocking in at regular times again. But they took the nurse away that was taking our temperature every day. Like, they just took away everything in, like, one day. And it's just, like, it's just, like, an abrupt ending. <laughs> to me is how it seems and uh it's weird man i don't know it's it's uh did you see my uh i commented i was a dick on that uh cleveland comedy page uh ryan weiss <laughs> posted one of his videos his like stay at home shows and i'm like what the fuck nobody told ryan hey, <laughs> the pandemic's over man you can come outside like <laughs> And just like nobody liked doing those stay at home shows when when they were necessary. Why would anyone still be doing them two years later? I don't nobody liked doing any facet of COVID related comedy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like COVID was the I don't want to say the death of what comedy wants to be, but goddamn, if it ain't the opposite direction of where you're trying to go. Yeah. You're trying to get all these people to come together and laugh and exhale really close to each other. Yeah. And cram them as many as you can in there and that is exactly what covid wants i remember when funny stop first came back and uh <laughs> they posted pictures online and i saw that they had uh i saw that they had the plastic barrier in front of the fucking comedian on the stage and i was like 
I'll wait till they realize that's not going to work before I come back. Like, because I don't remember doing that. Like, I know I don't remember yeah. there being the plastic barrier. So I don't know if I just waited a little bit to go back, I or so. if I, I know I did. I waited until I think he opened back up in the end of April, and I didn't. I didn't start. I didn't go back to comedy until June. So can't remember i wish i could remember the first show back we did i mean we were doing those grindstone shows real spread out for some time and fuck man i can't i can't remember it was it feels so long ago uh we got to talk about the roast battle um very disappointing amen <laughs> amen uh, dan dan handelman upset everybody and beat both of us it was good he was good he yeah. did a lot of uh, you look like jokes it was a weird crowd to a uh, little bit more of an unpredictable crowd. It felt like, you know what I mean? Like every, yeah. almost every battle I watched, like I could never figure <laughs> out how the crowd was going to vote or react or any of that. I felt like they had a, I felt like they kind of had a bias to the person who went first, but whatever. I don't know. Which sucks <laughs> for me because I always defer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think with mine, it was, it was, I got screwed because I, because he made he made the crowd laugh before we started roasting. Yeah, because he said some dumb shit that was like rock paper scissors in like French or something. I don't know what the fuck he said. And and I was like, "What's that?" And Chris Paul looked at me like rock paper scissors, dude. And like the whole crowd like laughed. And I was Sorry, like, "Sorry, I don't like I don't I'm supposed to know French. fucking rock paper scissors in another language? Like what the fuck? Yeah. Paper rock scissors, whatever." I think he got me in the last joke because my last joke was a longer joke, but it was one that I really enjoyed and I ran it by you and you liked it. Yeah. And the audience did not care for that joke in particular, but I thought him and I went back and forth pretty well. Which one was it? It was the one about him um, not being a comedian and hanging upside down above a pool table with a light bulb in his mouth. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, And I didn't get much of a reaction on that joke and I think that's what cost me. I have uh, uh, one that I really wanted to do. One that I really wanted to do that I wrote about you. Um, that uh, it was another. It was another. Which I don't know if the crowd really likes them that much, but I love them. It, it was another. It was another rhyming joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> uh, Brandon is one of my best friends and my co-host on our podcast, Brown Petri Dish. And he looks like if it were 1940, he'd be murdering grandmas while eating their knish. <laughs> I enjoy that. I don't know if a crowd. <laughs> oh man, his uh, his. I think it was his. Was it his or or Drew Gigas that had the Nazi joke about you? That that was really funny. I can't I think remember. It was Drew. <laughs> that that one made me laugh really I hard. I the remember. one that I remember the most from Dan was him saying, "I look like Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone." If he couldn't defend the house, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I like that one that the best. Good. That was good. <laughs> uh, what else have? Uh, uh, oh yeah, uh, this one was this one was one that uh, Tim Wolf wrote for me, so I probably wasn't going to use it if I had to if I had to roast you. Was uh, Brandon has scoliosis, and if you if you don't know what that is, it's a back disease that makes you really bad at comedy. 
I like that. Uh. <laughs> I, it was really predictable, but it was fine. Like that's good enough. You're like, ah, I like it. I would almost feel uh, less if if you didn't do a joke like that. My favorite one though was Brandon losing the roast battle championship to Julia. Was the only thing he took harder than not getting the job on Umbrella Academy? Um, Umbrella Academy is Elliot Page's body double. That. <laughs> All right, that was good. That might be my favorite roast joke I've ever heard. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I had some good ones for you, uh, but I I was more pumped about my jokes for Drew that I didn't get to do. But Kyle said he'll put it, he'll put me and Drew against each other on a roast at some point. Um, but I yeah. had one for you that I was really proud of. I was like, John doesn't just dress for himself. He dresses for the ex-wife and three stepkids he'll never have. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Another one? The stupid one I had was uh, Brandon hates being asked to be in a wedding because every time he gets fitted for a suit, they ask, so where's prom at this year? <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a joke. That's just true. <laughs> That literally happened this year. <laughs> oh, at, the, uh, at the Bill Baraghi Theater show, um, some yeah, lady. That, looks, was that like, looked badass, man. Dude, it was one of the coolest shows I've done in a long time. I mean, as a host, I was hosting and they, they fitted me with like, they gave me an earpiece and like a radio. So like the lights and sound guys could like get in touch with me for certain cues and shit. It's That's nuts. wild, dude. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the green room was amazing. All of it was, man, it was a lot of fun. But at the end of it, uh, Bill had some friends or something, and they asked if uh, he was going to go to this bar like a couple of blocks over with them. And they asked if I was going to come, but they prefaced it by making sure I was old enough, which <laughs> was pretty that interesting. Good. That is yeah. funny. Um, did, I send you, did I send you the roast jokes I wrote about Amanda? I think you did. <laughs> I remember you mentioning it. Uh, I use the same. I use the same. Uh, the same joke structure as that Tim Wolf joke for one of them. I said, "Amanda's a vegan." If you don't know what that is, it's a diet choice that makes you suck at comedy. <laughs> it, it's prefers, it, It's it's a prefaceable joke anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I felt, it worked. dude. I had the same thing with that crickets joke about uh, Drew Gigas, where I was like. Um, Drew Gigas actually contributes a lot to the economy. Thanks to him, or thanks to his comedy career, most crickets are employed five nights a week. And uh, <laughs> you could use that against literally anybody. Yeah. And it would be fun. Yeah. And I was worried yeah. that joke wasn't going to get anything. And oh, it killed. Got really good joke. They got a really good laugh. So it just kind of goes to show, man, it it's so unpredictable when it comes to roast battles and what jokes are going to get the laughs and what jokes aren't going to get the laughs. Yeah. <laughs> it's I wish I would have gotten to do the roast jokes for Amanda because but she went up she went up after me so that's why I just wrote them wrote them and sent them sent them to her save them to, uh, uh, to your Microsoft Excel drive like Kevin Bain does <laughs> yeah yeah I love my favorite one though was uh, Amanda Amanda hates people that believe in Jesus but she drinks two bottles of of his blood daily <laughs> <laughs> you could almost change that up you could be like. <laughs> She drinks two <laughs> bottles of it daily just to look in the mirror or something like that. Or like, yeah, you, could, you can go pretty dark with that one. <laughs> the one that made her laugh the hardest was the was the most was the 
most dickish one was the uh, Amanda hates football, but she's had more men inside of her than any NFL stadium. (laughs) 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 Uh, I love Roddy Rose jokes, dude. They're fun. And it's something that we're like, like if, uh, if anyone other than a comedian said those things to you, it would piss you the fuck off. You know what I mean? Like probably, (laughs) I, I don't know at this point, like, I I find them hilarious. Like as long as it's yeah. a good joke, I like I can't even be mad. Yeah, I, it's just so funny sometimes. Some of mine, like, the ones that surround me ourselves off. with comedians that are really good at writing those. So like yeah. our roast jokes that we have to put up with are just really well written. Yeah, and the ones I, the ones I hate are the ones that are like super simple and dumb just get like the biggest and longest laughs like yeah and it's just like that joke dan did about me that the john looks like a guy who would explain to you how you're eating chicken wings wrong and i'm like i'm like that's funny but it's not this funny like that's what i was sit- sitting there thinking while i was waiting for the laugh to die down i'm like but that was not that funny like that Dude, was where he got both of us like that because yeah. my jokes were i think compared to his my jokes were more complicated and maybe a little overthought compared yeah, to his that's, jokes. That's that the problem simple. with uh, that's the problem with Rose. Sometimes is you overthink it and you yep. try to get too creative with it. This was the first time I'd ever run into overthinking my jokes. I think, and it's a lesson to be learned. It's a, it's a true thing you got to deal with in these roast battles. That's that's what comes with getting better at them. Yeah, I got fucked because one of my best jokes was about him looking like Freddie Mercury, and and he wore a hoodie I had the <laughs> the same night, but, problem because all yeah. his pictures on facebook and shit like that they're all like real flamboyant and he showed up not looking like that and yeah and i i just didn't have alternates to swap out just in case he decided to dull it down that day i mean i guess none of us probably did yeah smart on his part good on him yeah um <laughs> i don't even know i have a show this saturday coming up i don't even know what the place is called. I just know that it's in Clark, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I got to, I got to hit up Tim Wolf and find out where it's at. Cause I have no idea what it's actually called. Um, I just wrote down Clark PA on my calendar. It was just some dude that, uh, Tim Wolf told me he was going to text me. <laughs> and then he texted me and, uh, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. If Tim's doing it, watch it be one of those things. <laughs> that uh that you hear comics talk about all the time that uh uh when comedians try to get them to do shows they're like they're every time they're like well mark norman did it because <laughs> mark just does everything <laughs> uh but yeah that'll be fun being going to a town that i've never been to before um it's right on the border of ohio and pennsylvania that's not too bad then. Yeah, it's like an hour drive. <laughs> Last uh, and then I'm going to the Browns game Sunday again. I'm fucking sick of it, dude. <laughs> I'm done, especially when they're losing. Yeah, it's not fun. It is not fun at all. Um, especially when it's such a close game and you, there's all these highlights, but you get to look back on it and be like, "Yeah, but we still lost that game." Yeah. And when uh, the entire stadium is covered in midges, that's fucking that blows awesome too. Like I felt so dirty 
after that game, dude, because of those fucking midges all over the place. I bet. Last time I was there, man, that place was so packed. Like, trying to get to our seats was a fucking nightmare. It was so bad. And, like, the lines were ridiculous for everything. Dude, oh. That was the uh, that was the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, um, Von Von Wesolowski, um just <laughs> just posted on Facebook. I really need to get a girlfriend. Laugh out loud. So Von probably just saw some sores on his dick from masturbating too much. So he's like, I need to find him right now. Find one out there. <laughs> he had one before. I don't know what he did. Probably he was too. Right. He's probably too honest. <laughs> I was gonna say, if you really wanted to find out what he did, you could look at all his Facebook posts because he probably told you what he did. Yeah, probably at some point, <laughs> for sure. She probably didn't love that. <laughs> yeah, the fucking posting of pictures with of her of her hair and shit. Yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> a lot. Dahmer just came out, man. That that age is gone. You can't you can't do weird shit like that now. <laughs> yeah. Uh did you see the uh female comedian in New Jersey that uh had a white claw thrown at her? Yeah. She handled <laughs> it like a pro. Yeah. Good I mean, god. I mean you could tell I thought you could tell she was pretty uh uh what do you call it? Pretty green, I guess. I was just gonna suggest that term. <laughs> Cause she didn't she didn't handle it well vocally. No, 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 no. She did not like. But the chugging of the white claw was a fucking pro move. That's solid. Yeah. But like, you also need to make it funny. Like, you you gotta you gotta shut them down with comedy. That's it. Comes with the territory. It sucks. None of us really want to deal with it, but yeah. you have to do it. Yeah, that's that's what uh, that uh, secret show on Saturday. Uh, Kyle. Kyle said something to me and uh he was like he was like, Yeah, you had that girl who's trying to trying to heckle you, you just blew right through it or whatever and I was like, Yeah, dude, I know I know when I need to address it and when I don't. Like You don't want to be too aggressive about it. Yeah, the way the way she was doing it, she was like she was trying to talk to me. Um and she was doing it very like not very loud, but loud enough to where I could hear it. And I just interrupted her and and went into my went into the rest of the joke and just stared at her while I was doing it. Like, shut the fuck up. I don't want to have to say something to you. You know what I mean? Like I get and that. She, and she didn't talk the rest of my set. Um but I feel like if I would have went after her, like the crowd would have turned on me because it was so it was so soon into my set. It was as soon as I started. Yeah, it, I, I'm with that, too, because you're yeah. still earning the crowd at that point. And if it has not become, how should I put this? If it has not become a nuisance for the audience, too, yeah, then you like it's almost not worth it for you to, to engage. But yeah, like the I audience started. has noticed. If the audience has noticed this person is now talking pretty loudly during your set, you have no choice. You have to now address that. Yeah, like I started with the weighted blanket joke, and I started with uh, I smoke weed for my anxiety, and she started clapping, yay, or something like that, and and I was like, but if I smoke the wrong kind of weed, I get more anxiety, and she was like, that's called Endica, 
and I just fucking like. No, it's not. Sativa is the one that gives you. I, yeah, I just right. Yes, it is. And I just like went. I just like went into the, and I did not think of that right off of the bat because I was really high at the time. And you're like, she can tell. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, me out. I'm I'm getting anxious. Yeah, and I just did the next line of the joke while staring at her with a look of death in my eye. <laughs> and and she got the hint. And I just gave her the stare, like, shut the fuck up right now. This is not going to be good. Um, because, and, and then she was annoying for the rest of the comedians. Like, Hannah had a good set. Um, Hannah Youngholm was there. She had a good set. Um, and she didn't fuck with her too much. But then uh, Andrew Rudick was, like, talking to the crowd quite a bit, and she was pretty fucking annoying during his set. He still did really well, but she was annoying. <laughs> like, I was... She was really starting to piss me off when Andrew was on stage. Like, That's wild, man. Like, Yeah. I, I've started incorporating a little more crowd work at, like, planned points in my sets and stuff like that. And I feel like, if anything, it's dialed back the hecklers I've got. I, like, I, I don't get like many hecklers at all yeah. anymore. Yeah. I don't know if it just gets it out of their system or what the fucking deal is or any of that, but I don't really, I don't know, man. It's been a minute since I've actually had anyone try to heckle or anything. Yeah. My thing is, my thing is when I'm doing five minutes, I'm doing my set unless yeah. I have to stop and address it. And, and if you get I pissed because you're like, motherfucker, like I've got five fucking yeah. minutes, dude. Like I, I really don't need you to, yeah, and if I do have to stop to address that, I'm gonna be pissed. So like, it's gotta. So it's gotta be like, it's gotta be where like the audience is annoyed with the person because I'm gonna be pissed off when I talk to her. Like, you know, it's like nice, it, man. Sometimes yeah. it's really like I've I've had bad weeks at, and then like done a grindstone show and then someone tries to like heckle and then just I like unload on somebody yeah. and then I'm like, man, that feels so much better now. I've, I've, there's like a weight relief. But you don't want to have to do that at an actual show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, um, Kyle, I was just looking at it. Um, I wanted to go over it. Oh, really? Okay. I guess I can't minimize while looking at the uh, thing that I wanted to look at. So I'm going to have to fucking... Oh, no. I can go to downloads. Okay. I just wanted to bring up the... Uh, festival schedule talk about it a little bit um so they have the full schedule out now um this is november 2nd on wednesday they have the happy hour show at the odeon at 5 30 um they have the women and wine show at brothers lounge at 7 30 that's uh with I don't know if it's Galena or Jelena Ravina is headlining it, I guess. Um, and then 7.30 at the Odeon is Rob Ward. And then 9 o'clock is the all, Not All Saints show at All Saints. And then, of course, we have the the uh, Lakewood Village Tavern open, open mic late night starting at 9.30. I don't know why it says 9. Um, we are. <laughs> <says> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Thursday they have the happy hour show again at five thirty, and uh seven thirty is Vic Pandia. Is that how you say it at the Odeon? Uh, not all saints at nine. 
and then an open mic at All Saints after that. So we're not doing the open mic at LBT both nights. Wow. All right. That's interesting. Open mic at All Saints. That is really interesting. Yeah. At 1030. Check that out. So that'll, that'll go late. Um, I'm starting to check that shit out. And then Friday, they have the happy hour show again at the Odeon. Uh, the main show is with Blair Sochi at 8, 8 p.m. at the Odeon. Um, and then in the Odeon Lounge, they have Martin Phillips at 9.30. Um, and then at 11 o'clock is the Ad Hom Attack show, um, the roast battle where... Dan Handelman and Joe Graham will face off to see who goes against Tim Wolf, and they'll have some festival comics roasting each other. Um, and then Saturday is the long day. They have uh, Ten Cent Beer Life live at the Odeon at 1 o'clock. That was really fun last year. I went to that. Um, that's Brian Kenny and Kyle and Dave Heron. Um, spotlight showcases at 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock. And then they have the DMST boys. I don't know what that is at two thirty. Uh, live podcast. I don't know what whose podcast that is. It must be an out of town podcast or something. Um, and then they have the Barstool Cleveland podcast with Brian Kenny, um, Pound Town live at four o'clock at the Odeon. And then Brian Kenny will be headlining a show at 6 o'clock, and then Ian Fidance at 8 o'clock, and then the Best of Fest show is at 9.30. Um, it's going to be so know. much fun, dude. And I don't know what all these other files are that he sent. Promo uh, stuff. Wednesday, at a hominid attack show. Yeah, they're just like individual day promos. Okay, that's cool, actually. I like having I dig that. It. Um, I really hope I get to be on the Adam show. I, I don't know if I am or not. Yeah, um, I would ask. I would ask Kyle like now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that he had his uh, me and Carter Doherty on it. As long as Carter can make it back from Funny Stop in time, <laughs> he's featuring a Funny Stop that weekend. Um, Kyle uh, didn't realize that that he had. Carter, all of Carter shows on Wednesdays. So he didn't realize he did that. So he told me he'd get him on the ad hom show at least. So you have another night. Um, but yeah, that'll be fun. The ad hom show will be the best show of the festival, I think. Um, usually is. It usually is. Especially seeing the out of town people that don't know each other roast each other is fucking great. It always turns out well. <laughs> And honestly, like me and Carter, like Carter's like my little brother. Like roasting him is gonna be fun. Like, <laughs> like it's scary though because like I told him he was like I'm not. He's like I'm not gonna go that that hard. Don't worry, because I'm like I'm like I'm a little scared of it because like Carter knows more about me than anybody in the Cleveland comedy scene. Probably <laughs> like like we pretty much talk all day every day. You know, <laughs> like that's like Carter knows more about me than than. Anybody probably other than Brian Gallagher. That's that's about it. Um, so it'll be interesting. But I also know more about him. Than anything. I also I really wanted to do a joke about me being his dad, but I figured it out, and uh, that would be accusing his mom of statutory rape. So I don't want to do that. So no, you should definitely do that. I thought I might have been. I thought I might have been sixteen when Carter was born, but I was fifteen. 
when Carter was born. So that's better. That's better. <laughs> no, it's not. That's a crime. No, I yeah, uh, for her. <laughs> they're not locking your ass up. <laughs> the joke I wrote about it was uh, basically me saying uh, uh, we kept it a secret all these years because it was it was taboo. Although I was 16 when Carter was born, so it was technically legal when I impregnated his mother. That was <laughs> that was the joke. I was hoping yeah. I was hoping it was going to rhyme. I thought you were just going to be no, a haiku no, poster no. from now on. <laughs> I was hoping. I told I told him I was hoping his mom would be there, so I could be like Heidi. I'm sorry. It's time we tell him. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, <laughs> No, you got anything coming up this weekend? Dude, nothing coming up this weekend. I, uh, I'll try to get out as much as I can. I've got a bunch of new stuff I need to work on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just come out to the Rose, or the, uh, the Cleveland Comedy Fest and the roast battle at the Cleveland Comedy Fest and everything we were just talking a bunch about because there's a lot of cool shit coming up. Hell yeah. And if uh, you're one of the five people that live in Clark, PA, I'll be there somewhere. On Saturday, yeah, <laughs> I, don't know. Are you, uh, I think it's the... called Clark Bar. I think is what it's called. But well, of course it is. Yeah, check out the uh, the flagship comedy fest. That's going to be the Erie Comedy Festival. I did see that. Yeah, I'll probably uh, I'll probably submit to that. Um, yeah, because it's pretty close. I know all of the venues. Like, I've done all of the venues that are. Yeah, uh, and they are all really fun. It's what like three hours. Not even. Yeah. Yeah. For me at least. Yeah. Fuck, I gotta I gotta get out of here though. It's nine twenty two. I told Zach I'd come to Bert Pickle. (laughs) (laughs) So it won't start till ten anyway. True. That is one hundred percent true. All right, man. Yeah, I'll uh I'll split these up tomorrow and probably get them out get get one out on Thursday. But I'm gonna start editing some video. Cool. Hell yeah. I'll talk to you soon. Later. Later, man. Brown Petri Dish is created by John Brown and Brandon Petrie. Logo designed by Brian Gallagher. Music by Jared Bailey. Audio version of the podcast is produced and edited by John Brown. Video YouTube version produced and edited by Harrison Poole.